Welcome to Muddy River News This Week. I'm Bob Goff. My guest today is Chief Adam Yates. We are uh, going to talk about a town hall event coming up, the first one that he's had as chief. But we're also going to talk a little bit about his first year on the job. Welcome. It's good to be here, Bob. Thank kind of a broad of your first year, but we're, we're right there. We're, yeah, it, again, like we said, it depends, but uh, yeah, <laughs> May, May 6th was Rob Copley's last day, okay. so I took over as interim on the afternoon of May 6th and uh, I guess the morning of May 7th, which we all remember as uh, the cyber incident, yeah. beginning of the cyber incident. So within yeah, 18 hours of being the interim police chief, we had lost all our technology and we had to figure it out from there. So welcome to the job. Thank you. <laughs> It's been an interesting year. The, uh, what this is, like you said, that told me off uh, camera. This is the first town hall that uh, you and your guys and gals have decided to have. What uh, what prompted it? Well, really, it comes down to just giving the the community an opportunity to come out, chat, uh, for us to have a conversation about what's going on in the various neighborhoods. Give us an opportunity to answer questions, uh, and and but more importantly, to give the community a voice and and give them an opportunity to come out and let us hear what they're concerned about so that we can, you know, try to, you know, police in a way that they want us to um, and, and not in a way that we feel is appropriate when we don't have to live in those neighborhoods every day. So it was something that we hadn't done in a while. You know, obviously COVID put an end to sure. a lot of that stuff mm -hmm. for, for quite a while. So, you know, as we were looking at different things that we could and should be doing, this was something that came up on my radar or something we had not done for a while, and I wanted to rectify that. Uh, the event is May 17th, 6 o'clock at the Quincy Public Library at 526 Jersey. Uh, the flyer that you see under the screen has all that information, but I want to say this here too. So, uh, you know, and also before we were talking, one of the things to talk about is just as far as, you know, public safety and your own safety and security, Locking doors goes a long way, doesn't it? It does. And, you know, we have, um, it, it's kind of interesting because we always deal with these rash of burglaries, whether it, um, sometimes home burglaries, more often garage burglaries, but quite often car burglaries. Sure. And, and normally there's very little damage that's ever done to the vehicle to get into it, unless there's something specifically valuable that's laying in the vehicle someone can see. Uh, the interesting part of kind of this go around is that we have several videos that folks have sent to us that actually show these juveniles, and at least that's what I'm calling them, mm -hmm. um, going up and pulling on door handles of cars and the, the door not opening and then them just moving on. So it, it actually illustrates that point that we've always emphasized where, you know, lock your doors lock your car, don't leave something valuable laying in plain view in your car, and most of the time you're not going to have any issues. So that's just, you know, one of the things we just want to remind folks that, you know, if you, if you just make it difficult for the criminal, they're probably just going to move on to an easier target. And I think also the, uh, there's, there are a lot more people who have the, the ring doorbell cams now, and those are becoming more and more popular. Those have to go a long way as well. There, it's, it's amazing what we get <laughs> on video these days. And, and whether it's ring doorbells or whether it's just your standard you know, surveillance cameras that folks have, I, I mean, it's, it, it makes for very interesting investigations. They're not always the best in terms of making specific identifications, but in terms of showing what the suspect did, uh, and proving that a crime occurred is, I mean, they're they're everywhere and they're very valuable evidence for us. Uh, speaking of cameras, you also uh, made a request and actually the council approved getting the, the license plate readers. How's that process coming along? It's, it's coming along. Um, there's been a lot of site work that's been going on. Uh, Flock Safety's been working with the city to get uh, permissions and to do all the kind of stuff they have to do. We expect 
The first cameras to start going in within the next couple weeks. Uh, those will be on the city right away. Mm -hmm. So those we we understand are going to take about half the time that any IDOT cameras will. So those that are going to be along Broadway or along the highways uh, are going to take you know probably another six to eight weeks after these first ones go live. And the way we have our plan, most of them are on IDOT right away. So they're going to take a little bit longer. But we're starting to prepare for our training process for all of our officers, getting our policy finalized and. Uh, we hope to be at least up and running with about a half a dozen cameras here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, and uh, that's a half a dozen out of uh, about of how many were you put again? Twenty. Okay. Yep. All right. Well, again, again, I, all of the things that, that we can have for deterrence, I think that's a, that just goes that goes such such a long way. You talked about training on on this equipment, but also training in general. You have had uh, quite a few new officers getting sworn in at city council meetings. That's got to be a good feeling. It, it's a good feeling. Uh, it's a very young police department right now. Um, you know, we, we, we like having fresh ideas and, you know, I, I always, I've told people this before, I, I feel like the officers that we're hiring now have a, a much better understanding of just the overall, they're just more social conscious of what's going on in the world. Um, they have a different way of looking at how they go out and police a community. And, and when we talk about, you know, addiction and mental health issues that we deal with, they just have a better uh, understanding and, and they wrap their minds around those types of issues more than somebody like me would have 20 years ago. Um, and I, I think it's just a product of the culture and their, their upbringing and their education. And, and I really think it's a good fit for where we're at right now. Um, it, if it just wasn't for the nine month turnaround that it takes from yeah. you know hire to being certified for solo for patrol, I mean, that's really the thing that gets us. It, it just takes so long for us to get somebody out on the street that that's what we struggle when we try to fill positions. But there's no way to speed up that process, there's is there? Absolutely not. As a matter of fact, if, if you were to look at it, you probably should extend that process. You know, we should probably give them a couple of months uh, before they ever go to the academy to get some street experience and to, to see some things so that they retain more when they go to the academy, but we have to pay them to do that. So, you know, the process is as quick as we can make it right now without, uh, you know, compromising quality. And, uh, and again, as you, uh, you get these new uh, officers hired, uh, it, it's a constant churn because, you know, you're, again, with the, with the young uh, field officers, street officers who come in, you've got veteran leadership and, and a lot of those folks, it's, it's time for some of them to retire. So you, you just gotta, it just, the cycle just goes, right? Experience is a key in law enforcement. And, you know, I've heard it said that, you know, it takes five years for a police officer to be to a point where they're effective, operate on their own without any questions and, and to really be, you know, I, I don't know if you want to say a, a driving force within the agency, but it, it, and there's a lot of truth to that. Um, that's one of the things that when we talk about our lateral transfer program that we have bringing officers in from other agencies who have years of experience, I think that's what gets lost a lot of the time is that, you know, just as an example, we have a young man that came to us from Texas that we just hired prior to Texas worked in Kansas City, Missouri for a number of years. So, so on day one, when he gets certified for Soul Patrol, he drives that squad car off the parking lot. He's going to work with over nine years of law enforcement experience, which in this profession is huge. So yeah, he's done six months of training, you know, to learn how to be a Quincy police officer, but he's been a police officer for nine years. And that, you know, that's why, you know, we love new officers, but the lateral transfers are very attractive because they come with that experience. And, uh, 
again, and, and you, but but also once you get that training done, there you you also have situations where you know you do lose people to ISP and other organizations too. So again, when you when you want to bring in somebody, what what is it that you can do uh, to bring in somebody and and really kind of make them a lifer, for lack of a better term. Say, look, you if you could start your you can start and finish your career, you can move up through the ranks, you can get good promotions, good benefits, and be a real part of this community. That how do you sell that? I think what you do from a philosophical uh, philosophical standpoint is you talk about purpose and and you say, what is your purpose? What do you want to do? I mean, you you know. Policing at the Illinois State Police is different than policing at the the Quincy Police Department, which is different than policing at the Adams County Sheriff's Department. So you know you bring folks in, you, you make them feel like they're part of the team. I think that's the first thing you do. You, you of course you treat them right, just like we should all employees, but you make sure that they have a sense of purpose, that they're going out fulfilling what drives them to to do their law enforcement job and giving them opportunities within the agency. Now. You know, we, we only have so many detectives and we only have so many canine officers and, you know, hopefully at some point we can bring our street crimes unit back. There's only so many of those positions, but making people understand that if they work hard and they do a good job, that at some point, you know, they'll have an opportunity to try something a little bit different, whether it's a school resource officer, whether it's, you know, working as a juvenile detective, whatever it may be. It really comes down to making sure that they're doing the type of policing that they want to do and that they have opportunities to explore different paths inside the agency and they're not just locked into driving a patrol call around for 20 or 25 years. And I think that's really, you know, comes down to making sure that we're meeting their needs as best we can and that they have opportunities that they can explore. You mentioned uh, street crimes briefly. Uh, is, is this the time of year as the weather heats up? There might be certain individuals who decide they do more dumb things and you get active in pursuing drug investigations and that sort of thing. It's summer always just means busier. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, sometimes I, I make the joke that, you know, I think there's just as much crime that goes on in the wintertime. It just not everybody's <laughs> outside to see it and call us about it. Um, but no, I mean, obviously the streets are more active, the, the, the parks are more active, there's more going on. So there's just inherently going to be conflicts that arise from that kind of stuff. Uh, but yeah, no, we do see an uptick in activity. This is always the time of year when, you know, we got to start, you know, making sure that we're out and about, we're visible, you know, we're, we're dealing with what we have to deal with. Um, and, you know, the manpower issue is, you know, I mean, it always hits us hard because summertime is also a very popular time for our officers to take vacation. And so when, you know, that, that not that it, we would plan for that throughout the year, if we were at full staffing, normally that's not as much of an issue. Uh, but with our being, you know, at the point we are with manpower, when, when folks are taking days off, whether it's vacation, whether they're sick, uh, something like that, it, it definitely, it puts the burden on the rest of the department. And, and that's really kind of what we're trying to alleviate by getting our numbers back up where they need to be. You talked about bringing in the new officers in that nine month training period, that nine month window before they're really up to speed, so to speak. So where is your active headcount right now? So right now we have 69 staffed positions out of 73. So we're, we have four vacancies. Um, I, I, I think if I remember correctly, I think we're at about 54 in terms of manpower. So we have six that are at the academy, another five or so that are in training at, at some point. So, you know, you're looking at actually 54 officers that are right. doing the work of what needs to be done in a, in a city our size. Um, and so, you know, we, we get that, you know, that the 69 number is, is the highest we've been in, in terms of staffing in mm -hmm. a number of years. But when, you know, you'd like, well, if we could just get nine months ahead of the, the curve here and not lose anybody, we'd be at a pretty good place. 
but we do anticipate some retirements and again the potential for some folks to be leaving mm -hmm. so i say it seems like we take it two steps forward and one step back, but that's the nature of the beast right now. Everybody's dealing with those same issues and it's not unique to law enforcement. Everybody's having trouble finding and keeping staff. Uh, we're, you know, we're not immune to that. It's just not something that as far as a profession that we're used to. Usually there's a lot of people vying for only a few mm -hmm. spots and has not been that way for you know a couple, three years. Uh, once again, I want to remind everybody about the town hall meeting that uh, the Quincy Police Department's putting on May 17th, 6 o'clock at the Quincy Public Library, and that's at 526 Jersey, and uh, Chief Yates will be there. And again, anybody's got any questions about anything, they're welcome to come up and ask away, right? Yep. We find that, you know, again, we want to go in with a couple things to talk about, but I, I find that these types of things are, are better served based on questions that folks have, so we can gear our conversations towards what they want to talk about, what they want to know about. So we're looking forward to it. Punch and cookies help too, by the way. Uh, well, you're welcome to come. Bring, <laughs> bring punch and cookies with you, Bob. I got to bring punch and I got to bring it. Great. It's BYOB. <laughs> Fantastic. So, uh, Chief Yates, thank you for your time. We appreciate it. Bob, thank you very much. That's all the time we have for now. I'm Bob Goff. We'll see you next week. <laughs>